Hey, it's Ralph here. Q1 is now closing and it probably didn't go as well as you had hoped, but I'm sure your agency is probably telling you that they crushed it. But in reality, it crushed you. If your agency isn't on the same page as you are, if there's something wrong, but you can't quite put your finger on what that thing is, go on over to tier11.com forward slash apply. It will set you up on a call to show you a better way to look at your business, not just metrics that make us agencies look good, but something that actually moves the needle and makes you more money, acquires more new customers, and ultimately achieves your vision. Head on over to tier11.com forward slash apply today. Welcome to the Perpetual Traffic Podcast. This is your host, Ralph Burns. This is the show where we share cutting edge strategies and acquiring leads and sales for your business through paid traffic, as well as we talk about that conversion stuff. We might even be talking about some outreach here today, but today is all about traffic from LinkedIn. Kasim Aslam, my awesome co-host. How are you, buddy? Ralph Burns, living the dream, man. Better than now that I see you. Yeah, well, you know, it's always a better day when I see you. Hey. You know, it really is. Some bro time. Oh, this is like bro love time. (laughs) Yeah, let's inject some love into the world. Let's more love. All we need is love, you know? That's right. I'm watching that Beatles thing on Disney+. Plus. I'm like all Beatled out right now. I don't John know if you're a Beatles man. Shot in the head. Very sad. Yeah, very sad. But you realize that McCartney really was the driving force later on in the Beatles lifeline. I know you're not like a huge Beatles fan, but anyway. So all you need is love. All you need is more Paul McCartney to make things happen in life. And we've got like the Paul McCartney of LinkedIn ads on here today, which we're pretty excited about. See, you notice that transition? That's the old radio years. Bam. You see that? Radio. Yeah. Just like that. Yep. Jumped right over. Which is funny because I think LinkedIn is the Paul McCartney of the ad world. It's like classy. Uh, it's been around forever. You're never uh, going to get rid of it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Not everybody buys his later albums. You know, he just keeps lingering yeah. around. LinkedIn's just there. Yeah, but he never goes away. He's always doing guest spots and other away. people's stuff. You always yeah. say, you know, I should really buy Paul McCartney's latest album. I was a Beatles fan. It's kind of like LinkedIn. It's like I should really spend more time on LinkedIn, but I don't. Right. Yeah, and then I go in there, and we were telling our our, our guest here today. It's like the only time I kind of go on LinkedIn is to check out a, a podcast guest profile. And then I see the two thousand messages and lots of outreach from sales guys. Hey, Ralph. Yep. I've got a question. I noticed that for we have you. shared connections. Yes, I've noticed this. Like, okay, you and all the other outreach guys. Uh, we're gonna talk to our our guest here today about that stuff, which is kind of annoying. I kind of wonder if it actually works, but he's all about LinkedIn advertising, which I don't think we've really talked about it on the show here, like ever, certainly in your perpetual traffic lifetime custom. So uh, pretty excited about that here today. Also want to remind you all that please leave us an honest or dishonest uh, five star, five star rating on wherever you watch or listen. The last, the last review is still the the one star was better with Molly. <laughs> right. <laughs> by the way, she thought that was hysterical, um, and she's so, a big fan well, of yours. By the way, so that, I don't know if that helps at all. Just sort of, it, you know, it does a little bit. Yeah, it does. It, it's a bomb on yeah. this burn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
It's the butter on your burn. I wouldn't mind another review starting to bury that review. That's right. <laughs> well, all the more impetus for anyone who's listening here today to leave us a positive review so we can, uh, you know, nurse Cossum's bruised ego. But uh, it actually is really helpful for us to uh, to find out exactly what it is that you're looking for here. We also have a we always give a shout out to perpetualtraffic.com forward slash better. If you want to make some suggestions about things that you want to hear here on the show, one of those suggestions was LinkedIn ads. So today's conversation is with AJ Wilcox, and we're pretty darn excited about what he's going to be talking about here today. So stick around. We're going to get to the interview with him uh, right after this quick break. You're listening to Perpetual Traffic. Just going to set you up for disappointment right now and let you know that speaking for myself, this is going to be just lack all semblance of professionalism. So yeah, hundred percent. It's all good. All good. Well, there is no question that when it comes to influence and persuasion in digital marketing, no one, and I mean, no one commands more respect than Dr. Robert Cialdini. If you have never read his books, Influence and Persuasion, I swear you are missing so much in your digital marketing, not only as an influencer and an advertiser, but as just a great marketer. And that's why I'm so excited to invite you to a free webinar where he'll be sharing his latest insights on new e-commerce strategies. Now, alongside Dr. Cialdini, you'll learn from Bass Wilders and the authors of Reputation King, my buddy Scott Branley and DJ Sprague. Attendees will absolutely be able to understand exactly how to gain a competitive edge in the marketplace by leveraging online reputation management. Now, that's something that we haven't talked about here on this show all that much. And it's more reason for you to register for the webinar here, which is completely free over at reputationking.com forward slash PT. So join us on April 18th from 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern. That's 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Pacific for you West Coasters by registering at reputationking.com forward slash PT. Once again, that's reputationking.com forward slash PT. Cialdini has been a huge influence on me. and I can't wait to see how his new e-commerce strategies resonate with you and how they affect your business in a positive way using reputation management. Make sure that you register for the April 18th free webinar at reputationking.com forward slash PT. All right, y'all. Here's something to look forward to. AdWorld is back. May 2nd and 3rd, and the speaker lineup is epic. Ralph and I are going to be there, of course, but you get to hear from us all the time. Really, you want to take a look at some of the marketing legends that are on the website. Seth Godin, Ariana Huffington, Tatiana Holyfield, Scott Galloway, Tom Bill Yu. It's insane. It's a veritable who's who of everything online marketing. So if you're thinking about getting a ticket, now's the time. And because I love you, I have a $700 discount that's not going to last long. Head over to adworldconference.com forward slash traffic. That's adworldconference.com forward slash traffic and boom, that's a $700 discount on your ticket to AdWorld. Well, we're here with AJ Wilcox, who has been patiently waiting in the perpetual traffic virtual green room. We're going to be talking LinkedIn advertising as well as 
what to do with all those annoying outreaches that every one of us gets as CEOs and just people on LinkedIn. Uh, and we're pretty excited to talk with him today. So welcome to Perpetual Traffic, AJ Wilcox. Can't tell you guys how excited I am to be here. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, well, set your expectations low. I think we said that, you know, pre, pre-record. pre <laughs> Tampered um, down that enthusiasm. <laughs> tampered down. You're way too enthusiastic. Yeah, we want more negativity. Not, such, not so much positivity. No, we're just kidding. Actually, this is going to be great because we all know, especially if we're marketing ourselves, like here we are, three guys that have businesses that are probably selling to businesses. Shouldn't we be doing something on LinkedIn from an advertising perspective, as opposed to having someone on our staff just like post updates that kind of looks like we're on there, but maybe we're not, myself not included in that at all. But like, how, where do you start? Like, what, what, how do you do this LinkedIn thing and then translate it into successful advertising on this platform? Because so many people always say, ah, LinkedIn ads are too expensive, they don't work. Like, where do you start here, AJ? Yeah, I think you start with the network itself. When you look at LinkedIn, of course, it's it's like the the quiet hum that's in the background that's always been going. And then, you know, Facebook ads will roar and then, you know, TikTok's roaring and, and everyone gets all excited about them. And these are platforms that scream, but LinkedIn's just always going to be in the background, that low hum that isn't getting a whole lot of attention. But what is so cool to me is that LinkedIn as a network it's the most underappreciated social network out there. Uh, and you can test this. You go to your LinkedIn profile, assuming you've spent enough time to connect to a few people. Uh, go and put the same post on LinkedIn as you do on Facebook organically, and then see what the difference in the number of views is. Uh, what routinely happens is you go viral on LinkedIn. You get in front of people who are not following you, not connecting with, who are not already connected to you. And we can go here in a minute into why that is. And you look at it, you're like, wow, I just reached a whole bunch of people. And wow, as I look at them, they're really influential. They're business owners. They're highly compensated business professionals. And then I look at Facebook and it's like, my mom's like, like, oh, AJ, I love what you're doing. <laughs> so as a network, it's, it's amazing. And then once you're convinced on the network, that ability to reach influential people, that's, I think, when you can start considering ads, like maybe these people are worth getting in front of more. Hmm. That's a really brilliant point. I've actually had that experience recently. I've got a, a buddy who's coaching me through, I'm a, I'm a wannabe speaker and I'm horrible, by the way, so I'm not soliciting, like nobody should <laughs> hire me. But my buddy, Steve, who we're going to have on this show at some point, uh, said, I needed to start posting. Anytime I get a speaking gig, I got to go post it on all my socials. And then he said LinkedIn specifically, he highlighted. So I go post to LinkedIn thinking it's going to be crickets, ghost town. You know, I hear an echo. And to the point that you just made, I got more play on LinkedIn than anything else. And I've let it atrophy forever and a day. And I got play from people that I didn't recognize. And at the time, I, I thought like, oh, I just don't remember connecting with you. But you're saying that it, it extends beyond your existing friend network? Yeah, the way it works is... On Facebook, 100% of people are willing to post. You can post about religion, about politics, about just something that peeved you off the other day, and everyone's willing to do that. There's, there's just a very low bar to entry over there. But on LinkedIn, this is my hypothesis. I feel like people are so worried about falling on their face in front of their existing colleagues and looking bad, and it could lose them a deal in the future. So they clam up and decide, oh, I, I'm just, I won't post it just for fear of looking bad. And so the data says, and this is data from a couple of years ago, so I'm sure that it's higher now, 
but the data said that only 4% of LinkedIn users would post, but 100% of people who log into LinkedIn need a feed full of stuff. So mm. of course, LinkedIn looks at it and goes, okay, we have to fill up their feeds with something. The way we're, we're going to do that is with any time that we can see that something is exciting, it's engaging, then we're going to start putting it in the feeds of the people who have engaged with it. So the way it works, you post something, one of your connections uh, either likes, comments, or reshares it. That sends a signal to LinkedIn's algorithm. There's something interesting going on here. And all of a sudden, LinkedIn will start inserting it into the feeds of your connection who, who, who commented or liked, especially comments are the most powerful. So when you look at it, you are now, you post, you start getting engagement from your connections, and now you're reaching your connections connections or your connections followers. And that's how you go viral. That's why it's so easy to go viral. And so few people realize this. And as soon as they do, I think we're going to start seeing a lot more people willing to post on LinkedIn. That's super interesting because I would never mm -hmm. think like I would post. I don't really post all that much on Facebook. And I run like a social media ad agency, but I, it's like once or twice a month. But I would never think of posting any of that stuff on LinkedIn. I'm like, well, we have our marketing department like posting tier 11 things. And like, you know, I guess that's okay. Yeah, I mean, that, that content's good. Like the show is pretty good, but I don't know as if we get a whole lot of play on it. I mean, we've just recently started to use my profile to post tier 11 stuff, but I've never thought to post, all right, I don't know. I'm going to do like a guitar video or something like that and post it on Facebook. I would never think to do it on LinkedIn, but it's fascinating. 4% of LinkedIn users post, but a hundred percent of those users need content in their news feeds. Like, that's a really interesting statistic. I don't, I don't know what it is on Facebook, but I would imagine that 4% is by a factor of at least 10. You know, I mean, you do have wallflowers on, on Facebook, but most people do post. But on LinkedIn, they don't. Just by pure virtue of the fact that when Facebook implemented their algorithm a bunch of years ago, it cut down organic reach. But yeah, I read that 3% of people see an organic post, right? Like an organic post can, like, and 3% is the top side. Mm -hmm. Right. And then yeah. LinkedIn implements almost exactly the same algorithm. And all of a sudden posts started going viral. Why is that? It's, it's, it's supply and demand. The supply of people willing to, uh, to post is so much higher on Facebook than it is on LinkedIn. And what is it you're recommending that people post on LinkedIn? Is it all like content provision value first or are there, or what, what works in your experience? Yeah, really anything that is going to elicit a comment. That's my rule. If I'm going to post on LinkedIn, my goal is to get someone to comment because of the three social actions, a like, a comment, and a share, a comment is by far the most powerful. So when I can get a lot of people commenting, I can guarantee that post is going viral. Uh, if you just get likes or if you get a couple shares, not nearly as powerful. And you know, you might be thinking, well, it has to be work-related, right? Well, Ralph, when you're posting a, a guitar video, as long as you can tie it back to something that's, that's work-appropriate, work-related, um, apply it to a principle of business, you know, something like that, people love to, to kind of take a mental break from work. They're, when they're on LinkedIn, all they see are just stock photo after stock photo, and yeah. you know, it's, it's all business professional, people all buttoned up. And then you see a, a guitar in the newsfeed, and you're like, 
okay, I'll, I'll take a little mental break here. So hmm. don't be worried about what you post. Uh, post up really anything of value. I see the woman with the headset a lot in the, you know, <laughs> like the very attractive brunette, you know, mid thirties, you know, that whole demographic that we always talk about, Gossam, or like the meeting room, you know, like there we are. Yeah, the meeting room, room. Two hands shaking. Two hands shaking. <laughs> yeah. It's like so boring. I'm like, oh my God, why am I on LinkedIn again? And that's, that's the feed stuff. But you're saying don't just post like, hey, you know, there's this thing, but like tie it back to something that's business. Like, how would you do that? Like, give me an example. Let's say I, I don't know, I, I play guitar. So like every now and then I'll like put on like a solo on, on Facebook, but you know, <laughs> it usually sounds pretty crappy, but the point is, is like, <laughs> what would you do in that case instead of say, here's eruption, like how to erupt your business, you know, in 2022, you know, contact your, I don't know, would you do something like that? Like, how would you kind of do it so that it relates back to the business principle? Or am I just asking a stupid question? No, it's a great question. And it's one that I think it depends a little bit on what your motivation is and who your audience is, what it is they're looking for. Um, I could totally see you saying, Hey guys, here's an interruption in your work day. Here's a cool guitar solo. This is what I do when I need a break from work, when my mind is full and I can't progress. I'm, I'm hitting writer's block or I'm, um, I, you know, there, I have too many meetings that day and I just need to decompress. Hammering out a face melting solo is how I recollect myself. And then I'm ready to jump back into meetings. How do you decompress? How do you unclutter? Uh, you know, something like that would be a great post. I got it. So you are eliciting the strong signal, which is the comment, not necessarily the exactly. that's, that's an interesting one too. If you like, share, comment, like in Facebook land, it's share is the most important thing. And then probably like and comment somewhere in there, but you're trying to get some kind of engagement. How do you, you know, yeah, unwind at the end of the day. Interesting. That's really exactly. brilliant. I'd never so I've got a question, that. AJ. I, on LinkedIn, I went through and I, I had this moment of weakness, let's say, where I accepted every connection attempt and I have 5,266 connections now, but they're all not good. So, and I, you know, I, I bet half of them are just like hardcore spammers. Have I destroyed my ability to reach real people in LinkedIn? It's like, have, you know, I remember on Facebook when people used to go buy likes and then yeah. having done so now, everybody that you're marketing to is just a paid bot, you know, out yeah. of wherever. <laughs> am I in that? Is there a way for me to clean that up? Yeah, or am you can I just, definitely. Should I just burn it and start over? Yeah, you can definitely clean it up. I, I actually approached LinkedIn exactly the opposite. When I first signed up, I, I signed up because one of my college professors said, uh, hey, you really ought to get on this thing. And I read, uh, don't connect to anyone that you don't already know or you don't personally know. And so I, I really closely curated my network. And what that means is I probably lost a lot of opportunities from people who they wanted to connect they didn't think to personalize the little connection request, but they wanted to have a conversation with me that would bring me business. And because I never accepted that, I, I probably lost some opportunities. But what mm. that did do for me is every time I post, there's this whole group of people. I mean, you could call them fans, but these are people who are like, they're, they're my close personal friends. They, they know me, they like me, they trust me. And so anytime I say something like, hey, humble brag, I just got asked to speak at this conference or, or whatever. I, there's this whole group of people who are willing to pat me on the back and like and comment and say, good job, bro. Excited for you. You know, you deserve it. All that kind of stuff. 
and of course, not every post should be a humble brag or, or you know, some kind of a, a business accomplishment. But because I surrounded myself with the people who do want to support me, it's, it's much more powerful. That being said, um, when LinkedIn released what they called creator mode, and it was a little bit before that I, I had access to it, where now I'm getting a lot more followers than I am connections. And now I don't get to control that as often. So when I post mm. out, I'll have that core group of, of my connections, my friends that I've closely curated, but then all of these followers have a chance to like, comment, and, and reshare as well. Yeah, I just noticed on your LinkedIn profile, I'm on it now, and normally what I see is the ability to connect. That's like the primary call to action. And on yours, I see the ability to follow. And if I want to connect, I have to go click on more. It's like LinkedIn is yes. hiding you from me. Yeah, and I did that specifically for exactly the reason that you're talking about. I had so many uh, connection requests from people I didn't know that I wasn't going to connect to. I just assume that they're all spam. And so what I do is I don't accept a connection request from someone unless they've put in the personalized note of, hey, here's why I want to connect with you. And I can tell it's not like mass spam. Um, Interesting. So then I switched it to the follow button and then LinkedIn has this mode that they call creator mode that automatically switches it to follow for you. And it's made specifically for those creators who uh, want to, speak through as big of a megaphone as they possibly can on the platform. So explain to us the, what the difference is between followers and connections and where, where is the value like from a business perspective? So a connection is when one of you sends a connection request and the other accepts it. And so it's, it's kind of a, both of you sign off on that relationship. So we're connected because we both want to be connected. A follower is just a one-sided relationship where they can say, oh, hey, Ralph looks really cool. I like his content. I, I don't know that I like want to connect to him yet, but I want to follow and see what he's doing. So that's a follower. Connections can message each other for free, unlimited back and forth. But a follower, they would have to have a premium version of LinkedIn in order to reach out and send you a message. So it, it provides a little bit of a, a padding against people who would flood your inbox. Okay. So if you have lots of connections, but not as many followers, is it worthwhile to do the strategy that you had mentioned before about posting content and so forth? Like, where does that, where's the value add there? Should you work on followers instead of connections or like what, what's your, what's your overall strategy? I think it depends on your connection strategy. I'm still really careful about who I actually connect to uh, just to cut down on the amount of spam that I get. And so because of that, if someone wants to see my content, great. Like it's, it's going to reach them. I go viral and that provides a lot of benefit to me. Uh, so I do, I want them to be a follower, but if you're in the camp of like, Hey, I want to be connected to as many people as I can, uh, I'll receive a little bit more spam, but that's okay. I want a network that's large and I want to be able to contact and reach out to anyone. Um, depends on what you, what you want. Hey, it's Kasim here. And I have a question for you. What if you could legally get the emails of almost every person who visits your website? Now, I know that sounds crazy, but seriously, what if you could safely and respectfully target your website visitors via email just by dropping a pixel onto your site? It might sound too good to be true, but our new sponsors at getemails.com can do just that. They've created a system that's compliant with U.S. laws and regulations, and every email address they send you is opted in to receive emails. That means you can connect your anonymous website visitors to real people and then safely retarget them through email 
with real-time, fully compliant interactions. I've personally met the CEO, Adam Robinson, and the guy is absolutely brilliant. And he believes in his product so much that he's willing to do something a little crazy for PT listeners. If you are an e-commerce brand that's doing over a million in annual revenue, and you've gone through their easy 30-minute onboarding process, if you don't 5X your investment within the first six months, they will give you all of your money back. To take advantage of this offer, go to getemails.com forward slash scalable. That's getemails.com forward slash scalable. Hey, PT listeners, when's the last time your business published on its blog? If the answer is, that's way too long for me to remember, I want you to listen up because our friends at BKA Content have a new service where they'll deliver fresh blogs to your inbox and all you have to do is just post them on your site. Now, these articles are all originally written just for your business. They're not generic articles that are just copy and pasted or thrown into some AI software or written by a VA. No, these are professional writers who are going to sit down and write articles just for your business. We've used them in the past, and they're absolutely fabulous. Now, if you want an extra reason to go try them yourself, BKA is giving PT listeners half off their first month. Just go to bkacontent.com forward slash perpetual to get started. That's bkacontent.com forward slash perpetual. If you're in my position, you want the follow button. If you want to be a big connector and get your connections up, uh, then it might be good to have the connect button. Got it. Got it. Makes sense. So those listening, I think that's just sort of a revelation unto itself. <laughs> well, let's, um, let's shift gears here a bit and uh, talk maybe a little bit more about the advertising side of the equation. And also, we really want to know about all these outreach people, like what we do with them. And I think everyone sort of wants that here. And so far, we've really been talking about like how to build a robust profile what connections are versus followers. And uh, we're going to get into those two subjects right after this quick break. So welcome back to the Perpetual Thanks. Traffic Podcast. So we are here with AJ Wilcox and uh, the founder of B2Linked, by the way, which we'll give links in the show notes and everything and also give a way to connect with him. If anything that he's saying here makes any sense to you whatsoever, we certainly want you to connect with him or to follow him at the very least over at LinkedIn. So tell us about the advertising component. Like, at, how do you do this whole thing? And we we sort of led into this. Like a lot of people have tried it in the past, and it's oh, it's super expensive. It doesn't work. Like all this. Like, give us the lowdown on that, and then maybe the the lowdown lowdown on the you know on all this outreach stuff that's spamming everyone. Let's let's add, handle the advertising first. Maybe we can address that. So, how do you do it? What's the best practices? How do you advise people on it? Who should be on it? All that. Great. So the real magic in LinkedIn's ad platform is the targeting. Like you said, I mean, I, I've seen all the same feedback that you have uh, of people saying LinkedIn's too expensive and it doesn't work. Well, it's, it is definitely expensive. Like, like that's not just a myth. It's truly expensive. Uh, on average, we're paying like, like eight to $13 per click. Whereas on Facebook, we might be paying, you know, two to $3 a click for, for a B2B type of product or service. And so it, it's definitely expensive. Um, but that being said, the targeting is amazing. We can target people by their job title, by the size of company that they're at or the industry that their company's in, uh, skills on their profile, their level of seniority. And 
I mean, everything I've just mentioned is probably only like a 30th of, of all the options we have. It's awesome. So here's what I want you to be paying attention to. If you're doing business to business lead gen on Facebook and you have to generate a hundred leads for sales to say there are two good ones, it's going to flip flop with LinkedIn. You're going to generate a hundred leads and you're only going to have to throw out two of them. Uh, the other 98 are the perfect quality because you just, you decided you, you defined exactly who you wanted to see your ads. And when the right people are seeing your ads, the right people are clicking them and then the right people are converting. So if your goal is lead quality of when I close a deal, it's going to be a, of a high deal size, then LinkedIn's great. Uh, because the costs are high, it does mean that you need to have a pretty high lifetime value of a customer. So we try to tell people, you know, if when you close a deal, if it's worth 10000 or $15,000 to you, then LinkedIn ads is an absolute no-brainer. But if you're selling like SaaS software for $100 a month, uh, chances are LinkedIn has just priced themselves out of the market for you. And you will be in that camp of it's too expensive and it doesn't work. Dude, I super appreciate everything you just said. Because I've, I've had the experience that Ralph's talking about inside of LinkedIn. CPCs are high, burns through budget. And then it just, it repelled me. But what you did was put, you put on guardrails that make a lot. I, I honestly thought like when we were, I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to talk to a LinkedIn ad guy and he's going to come in here and try to convince me that it can be just like Facebook, which is what, it, but I mean, what a, what an integrous approach. CPCs are high, but as long as you have a solid product going to the right avatar and you have good targeting, then it's worth the cost of admission. I totally agree. Yeah. Which makes it yeah, actually makes less sense. expensive in a in a lot of ways, you know, we get out. Well, yeah, I mean, it goes back to our, the marketer's mantra, right? Like focus right. on ROI. All of you CPLs people out there, I'm going to start tagging them. We need to find a way to like identify them and shame them. It's like the scarlet letter. You know, if I give one more people tell me what their cost per lead is, I don't care. I don't. It's such a stupid thing to measure. It's so stupid. Yeah. Like it's the, oh, goodness. I'm so sorry, guys. I'm getting a little <laughs> fired up here. But yeah, it doesn't matter if 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 the ROI is better, faster higher, more efficient. I think the other thing that's, that bears mentioning, and maybe you can speak to this, AJ, is LinkedIn is owned by Microsoft, which means there's, they're weaving their data in, right? Like if you're, if you're advertising on Bing, you get some of the LinkedIn data. Is, is the opposite true too? Is LinkedIn fed by Microsoft search algorithm? Oh, I wish. I, because I've been, I've been following what Microsoft ads has been doing for years and years and years. I, I've been so impressed by the platform that they've built I mean, they, they had a challenge that was literally Google is the most advanced ad platform in the world. And they had to, from scratch, build Bing and build Bing ads. It took them three years to have a somewhat comparable product. I mean, it's definitely not there hundred percent, but I have a lot of respect for, uh, for the Microsoft ads platform. That being said, Microsoft ads platform is still awesome. They still have great people over there who, uh, who are taking advantage of opportunities and, and putting implementations and integrations together. And you can, you can go to Facebook ads right now and do ABM targeting, target, show your ads only to people at a specific list of companies that you, you suggest. Uh, LinkedIn has not been as quick to adopt what their value is over on the Microsoft side. There's really only two things that they've borrowed. One is the geographic targeting. It used to be that we could only target by like, uh, large um, metro areas. And now mm. we can target down to the city level because of, of Microsoft's data, which is great. The other thing is we can target by interests on LinkedIn now. And one of the feeders to interests 
is someone's Bing search history telling them what they're interested in, uh, which you can imagine how many people actually search on Bing as like their default search engine. So uh, well, it's I would love to think. see it. So here's what's interesting about Bing, and I'm a Google guy. Um, they're, they tend to be older, less tech savvy, more affluent. Now, the, the, the avatar that I just defined there is, is a valuable avatar. We're talking about a ton of C-level execs, for instance, kind of land inside it. You know, they're the people that buy the computer, take it out of the box, put it on the desktop, and never touch the settings. Right. So, you know, I mean, Bing has a, a, a it's so funny because Google claims, Google and Bing both, they're, they're together in this little conspiracy. They'll say that Google has 67% market share. And Bing's like, yeah, that's true. That's per capita. By search, Google has 99% market share and Bing has one. But, but the searches that are happening on Bing, it's quality traffic. Um, and I've seen that because we've cloned campaigns over to Bing. It runs out of traffic right out of the gate, but the conversions are higher. The quality of lead ends up being higher. So I, I've got a lot of love for Bing when it works. And to be able to feed Bing interest data into LinkedIn, especially because I think the avatar you're going on on LinkedIn is probably generally pretty similar. That to me sounds really promising too. So how does it work? So we talked about like you've very much narrowed this down. So if you're a SaaS, the hundred bucks a month... <laughs> Not for you, but lifetime value, 10 to 15K at minimum. A lot of agency owners listening here today. So listen up, you guys and gals. Uh, that's kind of in that wheelhouse, right? So how would you do it? Like, what would your, like, if I went in and I wanted to get, you know, CMO level customers, VPs of marketing to buy tier 11's agency stuff, like, you know. Like what would be your, your first step one, two, three. Okay. So in the initial approach, here's what I would do. I there's two things I want you to keep in mind. Number one is the guardrails and number two is your ammo. And I'll, I'll define that. So first guardrails, we talked about having a high lifetime value. So that's one thing. If you don't have a high lifetime value, uh, don't count on LinkedIn being great because it is more expensive, but you also want to approach it with a high enough budget. Uh, if you're spending less than like $5,000 a month on LinkedIn, you'll probably get the data, but it's going to take you a lot longer. So I would suggest if you have, if you can start with a budget of at least $5,000 a month so that you can make sure that your guardrails are set. Likely what's going to happen is you'll have enough data by the end of month one to have statistical significance down to you, to the conversion level. So you'll know what you can expect to pay cost per conversion or what your conversion rate is, that's pretty cool. So those are your guardrails. If you pass that, then you move on to your AMO. And this is the acronym AMO. The same thing applies to every kind of social ad, but these are the three things that you need to be able to run ads uh, on a social network. Uh, a is your audience. So you define who is my ideal target audience on LinkedIn. And that's what LinkedIn's really good at. M is your message. It's my ad format I choose, my imagery, my ad copy. And those are all pretty easy to figure out when you know what it is you're actually offering, which takes us to the O, by far the most important part of your ads. It's your offer. It's your lead magnet. It's what are you using to get someone's attention? The reason why this is so important is if you are staying super top of funnel in your traffic on LinkedIn, you're saying like, hey, come and read this blog post. Look at what we're doing. You're paying eight to $13 per click for blog post readers. And over time, I mean, it, it takes a pretty large company, uh, like fortune 500s can like make that attribution work. But for most of us with smaller companies, like it, it would be a waste of money to 
to throw traffic at your blog like that. On the other hand, if you go right to the bottom of the funnel and you're saying, click here to buy my product now or talk to my sales rep, no one is willing to do that yet. Like this is cold traffic. And so your people will click, but it's not going to convert. And when it does, it's going to convert at like one and a half percent. And you're going to be paying like 500 to a thousand dollars per lead. Also not sustainable. So what you want to do is shoot for the, the in-between where you're going to provide them a significant value. And in exchange, you're asking them to fill out a form, identify themselves so that you can then nurture that. That's the major guardrails. So as a, let's say there's a lot of agency owners that listen to this call here or listen to this show. I guess it's not a call. I guess it's a call for us, but it's a show for them. Um, how do you, so you, one of the things that, and we used to run an agency group and sort of show people how to do certain things, get leads in. And one of the things was value up front, teach them something that they didn't know, give them something to sort of uh, an easy win in a video and a, you know, a blog post, something like that. Send them to a chunky piece of content. A lot of times it's like a video. So show them how smart you are, but then help them do the thing that you know is really important for them to be able to do and show them that quick win, like a video and then a call to action to book a call to learn more. Like that's for an agency owner. That's kind of the formula a lot of people use good or not so good on LinkedIn. What's your, what's your sense? I wish it were better. Uh, The reason why is video ads on LinkedIn, they just are pretty expensive compared to like a single image ad. And I think the reason for that is when people are on LinkedIn, they're usually there for a reason. They're in a hurry. And it's not like Facebook where you go to be entertained. So when they see a video playing in their newsfeed, they're going to be a lot more likely to just scroll past it. And LinkedIn charges for video views. uh, As long as they, the video was running for two seconds, they call that a view. And, you know, you might pay 25, 50 cents or something for that view. Um, So in general, I really like video as a medium. I think it's great for getting people to know, like, and trust you so much faster. But I find on LinkedIn, it's harder to get people to actually invest and watch the video. I would much rather get the initial click from the ad copy saying, here's something of value. Take them to a landing page where you have a short 30 second clip. Now that they've clicked through, they're more invested and will actually watch the video there. Got mm. it. So how's a, a so lead magnet calling out your avatar specifically would be the better approach than the one that I had just mentioned. Yeah, I think so. And I do. I wish LinkedIn were more like Facebook in that way. I wish it were less expensive so we could uh, run super top of funnel, uh, just get people's awareness and then retarget them with an offer because LinkedIn is so expensive, it's kind of like we have to cheat and jump right to the middle of the funnel with some kind of a a form fill offer, but just make it so attractive that they can't help but fill it out. AJ, quick question, if you don't mind diving into the technical weeds. Totally. Conversion optimization. So Google and Facebook, actually, if if I were to, let's say that I had all the money in the world, I could give uh, either one of those ad networks uh, a conversion action, And then I could run an ad and say, optimize for this action to this audience. And over time, it would get better and better and better and better until it ran out of audience. Um, Can LinkedIn do that? Is Is there a conversion optimization mechanism inside of LinkedIn? So there is on LinkedIn, uh, there's an objective that's called conversion. And that's what they say they do. They say they use uh, machine learning to target and pinpoint those most likely to convert. The big difference for me is uh, on Facebook, people are on Facebook like 30 plus minutes per day. 
there's a lot of data points to understand who someone is and what their behaviors are going to be. Then you have LinkedIn where people are, are on average there like 17 minutes a month. <laughs> and mm. so there's a lot less data and LinkedIn didn't have conversion tracking until 2017. So you throw Stop that together it. and yeah, they, they say it's the, it's the same algorithm where it's really similar to Facebook where you need a 50 to 100 conversions per, per campaign per week in order for it to properly optimize. I can count on one hand the number of companies I know that are spending enough to get that many conversions per campaign per week. So mm. if you ask me, uh, I mean, definitely test it, but I would much rather use the, the website visits objective and just say, hey, I'm going to be really tight on my targeting, make sure I'm reaching the right people rather than uh, be in the auction for conversions, which is the most competitive auction, and then not know that LinkedIn can actually go find those right people. Yeah, what a brilliant strategy that is. We used to do something really similar inside of Google with uh, maximized clicks. As soon as I had my, my audience down and my key phrases, and I knew exactly what I was going. It was just like, all right, give me all the clicks you got, um, which it, that ended up blowing up in our face a little bit as Google got more expansive with their their uh, match types. But do you maybe the most honest traffic manager I've talked to in a long time. Like you don't fight the tree. You're just like, yeah, LinkedIn's expensive. Here's how that can work. Yeah, conversion optimization doesn't you know, doesn't work on LinkedIn. Here's how I do it instead. I, I really respect that and appreciate it. Awesome. Yeah, I'm 100% transparent. It's the only way I've been able to be. I like to sleep at night. <laughs> That's exactly, it's the only way to run an agency because otherwise you have to answer for all of your lies. True. Um, so LinkedIn, just, you know, last thing I'm going to ask you about is the, the messaging. I, I know Ralph does too, like, and I'm sure you do. I get just an incessant stream of morons in my, in my LinkedIn inbox. It's unbelievable. Like, I, you know, and I read through these messages, there's no empathy whatsoever. It always starts with like, I, I am this and I need this and I want you to give me that. Hey, you got time for 50. You know what I mean? Like, it's unreal. What, do you just ignore them? What do you do? What's the, what's the, the strategy there? Yeah, I do ignore them. And, and here's the reason, uh, one of the reasons. So I'm kind of a rebellious person at heart. I always have been. And when I found out that there's a limited number of open connection requests that you can have out at any time, I realized that when someone is doing this in mass, they're going to send out hundreds of these connection requests per day. When they're sending out hundreds of these a day, they start to run out of connection requests and it's going to stop them from being able to do more in the future. And so mm. what I started doing is saying, okay, if I hit accept or reject, I'm giving them that invite back and they can send it to someone else. So when I know that there's something that's, this is definitely spam, this is mass, you know, putting the same message out to all people, um, I, I just let it sit in my box and I, and I let it take up a space. I'm not saying everyone should do that, but that's, that's what I do. No, dude, everybody should. That's brilliant. So we can dismantle the spammers. We can like take away their ability to spam. And all you do is just leave their request pending. Right. Exactly it. All right. So if you're listening, look, we get 200,000 downloads this month. We can get 200,000 people. If you want to be all just let the spammers be. And over time, we'll, we'll, I don't want to say drain the swamp because I feel like that evokes emotions, but you know what I'm saying? We'll get rid of the people. Um, what if you're using LinkedIn for direct outreach? Cause I, I know some people in that space and I actually know a couple of dudes that do it successfully, but it's a slog. So any advice there? I, I totally do. I, I have a lot of respect for personalized outreach. So my recommendation would be like, I know this is going to sound like a lot of work and it is, but it's totally worth it. What you do is you go and research every person that you want to reach out to 
to the point where you can send them a message that says, hey, I, I loved your thoughts on this last article, or I, I saw you commented on this post and I wanted to get a hold of you. Something, some kind of a personal connection that isn't just a mass spam outreach. When you're putting together this outreach, these messages, you want to make sure that you're thinking long-term. This is someone I'm going to be connected to for a long time, and we're going to benefit each other's careers in the future. This isn't just a one and done, like just try to close the sale and move on to the next. If you can think of it like that, you'll probably be successful. We actually do outreach ourselves, and I have a, I have a lot of respect for outreach that is, it's clever, it's, um, you know, it's interesting. The ones that we send out, it's a personalized video of me, like showing someone like a check with their name on it that's burning. Uh, these are like, I, I would watch that and I would respond to it. But if I can tell it's just, like you said, the, the I, 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 me, 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 I want, I want, you're just a, a number to me. You're just a piece of meat to me that I don't think is ever going to work. Yeah. I love the the personalized check thing, by the way. I think that's really sharp. I, I, I pay attention to those too. I look at my LinkedIn messages. And when people say something about like, oh, hey, I love your podcast. You know, I'm a, a textbook narcissist. So I hear that and I'm like, oh, awesome. This is somebody that I'm willing to listen to. Um, exactly. Just kidding. Plus that signals, they, they want to connect to you because you're you. You're not just right. a big list of people. Yeah. AJ, last words. Anything else for our audience? Uh, if you're looking to get started on LinkedIn ads, we put together a guide. Uh, it's, it's a checklist of the eight things that you need in order to start advertising. I always appreciate this when I started a new network because there's all these unforeseen things I didn't know that are going to stop me from creating my ads today. So if you go to our website, b2linked.com forward slash checklist, that'll let you download that for free. And uh, that, that's my gift to you so that it, it gives you a nice leg up in starting your advertising journey on LinkedIn. That's awesome, man. And we'll put that in the show notes too. Uh, really appreciate you coming on. You're the smartest LinkedIn guy I've spoken to. And I, you know, the joke about not having one on, <laughs> on perpetual traffic aside, I've chatted up quite a few and they all just try to treat LinkedIn like, you know, a Facebook alternative. And you haven't done that. AJ, this has been amazing. Paul McCartney of LinkedIn has, <laughs> has been on perpetual traffic here. It's fabulous. Thanks for coming on the show. And uh, make sure that you, the listener, you subscribe and leave a rating. You know, say, th say something nice about either AJ or maybe Kasim. You know, I think that's even more important. Wherever you're listening, whether it's Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, iTunes, like we're everywhere now, Kasim. It's kind of crazy. But, uh, and let us know what we can do better over at perpetualtraffic.com forward slash better. We do read all of those. We'll mention all the resources in the show notes here at perpetualtraffic.com where you can connect with AJ as well as things that we mentioned here on the show. So on behalf of my awesome co-host, Kasim Aslam, until next show, see ya. You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic 